Mmm, that's good. And that is the sound of a new episode brewed up, ready for your ears. That's right, a new episode brewed up. Yes, hot and fresh for you guys. Anyways, I'm your host, Brad Dystra, so let's get on with the tech news. So Windows 10, specifically, is going to actually have a new feature. Now, before I go into it, I'm going to say that it's on the creator build only, and the creator build is kind of a beta testing for this. But the creator build... Um, shows that there is going to be a new feature called dynamic lock, which is going to know when you leave your computer. That's right. So when you get up and leave your computer, there'll be a certain time frame where it checks and goes, oh, you're not here, and then it'll eventually just uh, lock your computer. Uh, This is only for Hello Camera enabled. Uh, So the cameras have to be enabled with this specific technology for cameras called Hello Camera. And then it will kind of like test to see if your face is there and if your face is not there, uh, then it will be like, oh, you're not there. So you have a time limit before you come back and then we're just going to lock it. So if you put your head on your keyboard for a while, you might want to lift it up every once in a while. I know sometimes it happens where tech just isn't working with you. and You just got to do that or you have writer's block or whatever. So that is an interesting uh, little tidbit now. For those that are very security conscious, this might not be the best one for you because it will be detecting if you're there or not, and that will be another thing for you to worry about. And you probably don't want to worry about that too much at all. But yes, uh, it's a new it's a new feature. It's not out yet, so don't expect to you know use it if you're not on the creator build. If you're on the creator build, then you can use it as much as you want and give feedback. If you're not, th- then don't because you're, you're, you're going to be really frustrated with not finding anything. That's, that's all I'm saying. Well, I will actually know that um, the only reason to actually use this is if you're using like um, a laptop or the Surface Book or anything like that where you're actually going to be more mobile and security is a big problem. That's the only way this is actually going to work. Uh, so if you're not being more mobile and it's more of a desktop, then I wouldn't really see... Uh, you using this too much because there's no point to this whatsoever for you. No, seriously, like there'd be no point for that. Anyways, moving on, uh, Microsoft also is going to be allowing users to, you know, easily lock down their data uh, for Windows 10 for your privacy, but also I could see some uh, data capping um, woes if Microsoft takes too much data away each month for Cortana or anything like that. But this is also for privacy concerns because Windows 10 is very um, a con- is, is the most connected operating system that Microsoft has um, made to date. And it's and it is it is a concern for a lot of people that Microsoft may be, you know, knowing a little too much about you. So if you're one of those people, this is actually a good good thing for you to figure out. Now you do have to go to their website right now to actually do this and to see your uh, privacy. However, uh, in the creator update or the creator build, uh, they are going to be having a more um, refined way of figuring out or simplifying the privacy settings as well. So you're going to have that too. So yay for that. Yay. Woo. Better ways of managing your privacy plus your data. Because like I said before, some internet providers have data caps and it kind of sucks. Actually, really sucks. It terribly sucks. Anyways, moving on. So Trello, the popular uh, product management uh, tool for online use, has been acquired by Alta Zania for $425 million. That's right. It's been acquired, so it's no longer going to be independent. Now, the operations are still going to be remaining the same right now, but... um, Trello is no longer its own company. And this is actually pretty common in tech. Uh, It's pretty common for a lot of tech companies to be bought up by bigger ones. Um, Instagram was bought up by Facebook. Facebook also bought up WhatsApp. Uh, Twitter bought up Vine, which is going soon. And um, Periscope. So it's not really uncommon to see this happen quite a bit. Uh, It's kind of interesting to see that no one really wants to successfully build and maintain their own business but 
on the other hand, it's really difficult to do that nowadays, especially with a, with a lot of different other concerns as well. And probably it was probably it was probably a really good offer to to be part of a bigger company that has a little bit more cash flow. Um, there's also a big payout, and also sometimes uh, the founders want to go off and do something else, and it's a lot easier just to have it be bought out than to actually still maintain it while doing something else. Like I said, there's a myriad of reasons why it happens, but it's not really that uncommon. If you're wondering why are all these things being bought out, it's not really that uncommon for that to actually happen. Speaking of buyouts and Facebook and WhatsApp, because Facebook bought out WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp for Android is finally going to be able to search and send GIFs. Yes, it's, you're not going to have to provide your own GIFs, but it's going to do it through Giphy. So you can actually search and send it through Giphy, which um, powers Twitter as well, and is a very popular platform for GIFs. Now, there's also other ones like Giphy Cat, which I like because I can upload my own stuff, and it's more for gaming, a lot a lot more for gaming. There's also GIFs.com. There's Forge, but that's more of a gaming-centric thing. So there's a lot of ways to uploading uh, gifts. Now there's always different codecs and different ways of um, making gifts. Giphy kind of uses not the traditional gif way, but gif, uh, not giphy, giphy cat uses not the traditional way of um, gif codecs, but giphy does um, just to keep the compression rate low and to keep it, you know, running a lot smoother and faster if it does it that way. But for right now, for the Android version, it's only in its beta version as of this moment. It was already launched and released for iPhone or iOS users last November. Uh, so WhatsApp's been a little late to the game for GIFs, but it's, I guess, better late than never. So for Android users, if you want to be a beta tester and you want to use this, then I would sign up for the beta test or wait for the newest update where you can actually do all this. But it, it's eventually coming. Yes, it's eventually coming. All right now, Instagram. Uh, Stories is very popular on Instagram. So um, it's not very unlikely that eventually Instagram would be like, hmm, maybe we should monetize this somehow. So yes, ads are coming to Instagram Stories. I'm sorry, but it eventually happens. It's always a business decision of trying to get more ads in the uh, platform because Facebook has hit its peak this year for ad placements uh, or ad peak, I guess they called it. Um, but in this way, it's going to be for uh, Instagram stories. So if you watch a certain amount of stories consecutively, there will be an ad. Now, there's a little caveat here. The ads are skippable. So if you don't want to watch ads, just skip them. But they are coming, so you're going to have to deal with that now as well. There's only a few partners right now. There is Netflix, Nike, and Airbnb, and that's it. But, there's always a but, there will be more. There will be very a lot more uh, people, businesses using it once they open it up to everybody. So be aware of that. Be uh, conscious of that. Also, for business profiles, they are going to make new insights for stories. It includes reach, impressions, replies, exits for each individual story. Uh, so you can figure out which ones are doing well, which ones are not, because right now stories are kind of been kind of a guess on what to create and what not to create. Or uh, I just guess. Anyways, it does. Um, this does help to see which content's doing actually really well and which one's not, and how to reach the right audience uh, for your sp specific stories. So be sure that you're doing it well and doing it right, and well, do it that way or not. I mean. You don't really have to use stories if you don't really want to. It's not mandatory, but it does help. Anyways, moving on, Nokia is teasing another uh, Android phone in, well, a very cryptic uh, Facebook post. So uh, Nokia was a really well-renowned uh, phone company, or mobile phone company, I should say. And then um, after years of not really um, having very much success, beyond kind of the formative years of cell phones. Uh, they were bought, they were, they had a partnership with Microsoft that eventually Microsoft bought the production side of Nokia and Nokia still remained its own company. It just was more of a software type of company. Um, and then Microsoft wasn't doing very well with that as well and shuttered it anyways. So Nokia decided to come back 
and is now doing Android phones. So the Nokia 6 is going to be exclusively for China. So unfortunately, we will not see it. Now, the specs that I've seen have not been that good for it. It hasn't been like blowing me away type of specs. Um, but I think it's a lot more difficult nowadays to actually blow people away with mobile phones because I think we've kind of reached that peak for now. We haven't really seen something new or innovative. I mean, the only really big thing was curved screens and or curved glass curved screens um, or um, a little to no bezel or end-to-end uh, -end screens where there's no like, like the screen takes up the full phone instead of just portion of it as well. Anyways, um, so they've teased this Nokia 6. Everybody's like, ooh, is this something going to keep coming to maybe the rest of the country? And Nokia keeps on saying, nope, nope, it's only for China. It's exclusively for China. So um, don't, don't expect it to come to anywhere else. Now, they said that they were planning on launching other devices for other countries, but I'm wondering why this is only exclusively for China. I get it that China is one of the biggest... Um, biggest places to sell phones, and if you're hit in China, you you could make lots of money through that. However, it's interesting that it, they haven't tried to launch different. If they're going to do different um, phones, why don't they just launch different phones for each different country, and not just China, and focus and focus exclusively on China? Maybe because it's a lot cheaper to do that. Maybe because there might be a whole myriad of things. But I'm still just wondering why it was only China. I mean, it, it, it's kind of weird. Just, just going to say that. All right, Facebook uh, has updated with its Facebook Live for Pages. Now, I checked mine, and I still could not find the Facebook Live page. Now, my personal profile does have it. I can go live on my personal profile. The weird thing is I cannot go live on my uh, Digital Coffee page yet, which is which is head-scratching for me. Now, it's rolling out, so I'm probably going to get it eventually sometimes sometime later on, uh, but right now it isn't. Now, the good news is with all this stuff is that you're going to be able to use um, a lot better cameras. There's going to be a lot better content coming out of these as well because, let's face it, using just your phone makes okay content, but not the best content in the world. This one's going to make it a lot better, and, a lot, and it's going to help brands a lot better with this as well. But I haven't done it quite yet. Um, there is a way... If you do want to do Facebook Live, if you haven't done it yet, it's either going to be with OBS or you can use uh, Battle.net and stream games that way as well. They're exclusively tied to that too. Um, another thing is they're going to have live contributors that, that can actually contribute to the live uh, video without actually being admins or having full control of the admin page too. So you can add those as well, which is nice. Um, so there's going to be that. You can also pin uh, comments. Uh, and a whole bunch of other tools are going to be uh, used for the pages as well. Also, Facebook's going to have a permalink for their videos. For the live videos, it's going to be facebook.com slash page name slash videos. So eventually get, there is finally a permalink uh, perma for the videos. It's, it's been a while for that. But yes, um, that is part of the updates for the live. Also... Facebook is launching a Facebook journalism project. That's right, to curb, well, fake news and uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, this is what Facebook is doing. The pro I mean, the reason why they're doing it is, is first of all, Insta instant articles, I don't think, has been as big of a hit as, well, it was intended to be. Uh, a lot of publishers weren't really too happy about it eventually, especially since all the uh, metrics were, some of the metrics were wrong, and some of it was on instant articles as well. Also, Facebook is going to give a crowd tangle, uh, give away access for free for journalism tool startup, um, so it will help, you know, measure shift through, through twins, Trends. Uh, I don't know why I couldn't say that. Measure their social posts and identify sources and influencers as well to help, uh, I guess, to help curb fake news. I mean, this all sounds nice. This all sounds kind of interesting. Um, but we'll see. The other bigger thing is the tri free trial versions through instant articles and the subscription services through that as well. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing that Facebook's going to be doing because... As always, publishers aren't making as much money and they're trying to figure out. Um, they're also going to be improving 
uh, they're going to be trying to improve angles or story angles or news angles from every side. Um, there's going to be story packages, investing in local news. Like I said, subscription trials, uh, Facebook plus pu uh, publisher team hackathons, Facebook journalism training courses for reporters such as how to use live because, well, they may not know how to use it. Um, ability to de uh, designate non-admins as contributors with live pages, like I said before. Bringing the live video API capabilities to user profiles, um, which has already been done. I saw it on my own personal profile page. It's interesting that I didn't get it on my brand page, but my personal profile page, oh yeah, sure, give it. There you go, have fun. But not with that one. Yeah, whatever. And also expanding, expanding partnerships with the first draft partner network for finding eyewitnesses. Ooh, and public service announcements promoting news literacy. And additional features to fight fake news. Now I'm going to talk about the fake news again because the fake news conundrum is actually maintained through the news. The problem is that some of these news sources or news sites actually do help the fake news stories as well. And the problem is, is that a lot of times when they're trying to root out the fake news sites, they actually only talked or only did the ones that were right-leaning and not the left-leaning ones. So my problem is with these fake news allegations is that no one is really trying to look at what fake news is. And the other problem is, is that users just uh, subconsciously just reshare it because it aligns with their own personal beliefs. The problem is, is that it's Facebook. Facebook is the problem because their algorithms, their algorithms have basically said, hey, you might like this. So what they have done is that they've supported the fake news by their own algorithms because people may actually like this. And when it actually agrees with their viewpoint, they share it. And so we have a two-pronged problem. A lot of the media does, does actually report fake news and actually does start their own fake news at times. I'm not saying all the time because that, that would be probably false too. Also, Facebook is the problem because they've already uh, collectively with starting with the edge ranking system and then moving on to I don't know what it's called anymore, um, have already helped with this problem. It's a problem because Facebook made it a problem with their algorithms. I've never liked their algorithms and I've always said this on the show. I do not like Facebook algorithms because there is a problem with it. And it, apparently I've been right about it in some ways because of their metric problems, and now with this fake news problem, their met their algorithms have helped spread the fake news because, like I said before, it agrees or aligns with a lot of people's um, own viewpoints, and they will share it regardless if they actually dig deep into it and find if it's actually true or not. That's the biggest problem. Now, if you really want to fight fake news, here's what you got to do. Look at the story. Look at the sources. If the sources don't really match with what they're saying, it might be false. If the title or anything else in the in the news story just doesn't have just substantial enough facts, it's probably false. So you gotta really do some heavy digging on this. It's not gonna be like, oh, we should rely on Facebook to actually do this because they're really not gonna help you. They're only doing this in their best interest because people have been like, dude, what are you doing? Why do you keep on doing this? Like, there's fake news problems. So that's the big that's that's my thing or my take on this whole fake news stuff because it's it's getting it's getting a little ridiculous, guys. And let's just be honest, a little ridiculous. Alright, moving on to the FCC. So the FCC has some quote unquote serious concerns about zero rating. Now zero rating scheme is Kind of actually was started with uh, T-Mobile. Actually, not was kind of was started with T-Mobile. So T-Mobile did this um, liberation or uncarrier initiative where they start off with music and had s s specific apps um, that you could listen to without incurring any data um, with any data uh, fees, I guess you could say. Uh, and then eventually went with video. And then all the other carriers were like, "Hmm, this is actually working for." T-Mobile, maybe we should do our own. So Verizon does a little bit of it. AT&T is probably the worst offender because they usually only do zero rating plans for their own um, properties. Now, I'm fine with zero rating plans because I don't really think it goes against um, net neutrality if it's done the way T-Mobile does it. T-Mobile does it with 
partners and eventually uh, brings in more partners and more partners and more partners. And so it's not really that big of a deal to me. The problem is, is that the other companies like AT&T and Verizon own other properties as well. And they'll use it to prioritize their own um, platforms instead of actually just uh, being a little bit more democratic about it. So even though T-Mobile was kind of off the hook, Verizon kind of sort of wasn't and kind of sort of was. They kind of were like, eh, you're, you're, it, as long as you don't do more than what you're doing, it's fine. But then AT&T was kind of like, well, you're kind of only doing it for really direct TV. And I've seen those commercials and it's kind of dumb. Uh, so I do agree in some ways with FCC. I've been back and forth about the net neutrality. I think net neutrality is a good foundation for what the internet should be. How we go about it is always a little bit more difficult and tricky. Will it kind of die with this new administration? Probably. Because a lot of Republicans don't see it as a good thing. Um, more regulation, all that stuff. But I always say there should be a watchdog for these uh, internet service providers because let's... To be honest, they have the worst internet speeds. We are still way behind internet speeds. We're not even close. We're eventually getting there, but take a, it took them a while to actually do that. They weren't. They were content with giving us really bad internet speeds, but charging us a lot for it because it's America. Uh, so, I really do think these these ISPs should still be watched because they need to be watched. I don't understand why they, my watchdogs. We need we need more watchdogs. Just Barking at them all the time. Rah, 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 rah. Uh, that's probably the worst dog impression I've ever done, but you get the point. Anyways, uh, moving on to, uh, well, it looks like Android Wear 2.0 is finally set to release, well, in early February, yes. With the, uh, um, well, smartwatches haven't really been doing very well as the demise of Pebble last year and a lot of other things. It just really has not been the best for... Um, smartwatch industry. Fitbit bought out Pebble, and Fitbit's more been more of a fitness tracker, which has its own niche in general. But smartwatches have been kind of hard for to get people to convert to actually buying it because most people are like, "Why do I need a watch? Tell me all this stuff." Blah 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 blah. blah. It's usually, I usually hear it all the time. Well, I don't need this. Why well, don't need this? I'm like, well, you can kind of see what your updates are, and you don't really have to look at your phone all the time. You can just be like, "All right, don't need to look at that anymore." Uh, so that's kind of my thing about it. So with this developer preview and everything else, it's finally going to be launching in early February. So we're going to be seeing the 2.0 version of it. So it's going to be newer, uh, new user interface, standalone apps, more watch faces, messaging, and fitness. It's all going to be baked into it. So it's going to be a little bit better than the version, the first version of Android Wear, which should hopefully maybe convert more people into actually buying it. There is some interesting ones coming out, and we should wait to see what Google's going to be coming out with their own version of the smartwatches, which are not really going to be made by them because it's going to be more like the Nexus uh, phone, or the Pixel phone, I should say now. Will it be called the Pixel Watch? Probably. I'm pretty sure it will because they like the Pixel over the Nexus, even though I think the Nexus was a better day. Anyways, uh, Vizco. Well... I guess not everything's going well with Visco, or maybe it is. I'm really not sure. But the more professional side of the direct competitor or the kind of sort of competitor of Instagram uh, is closing or shut down its New York office. That's right. No more. It's no more. It's gone. So either all those employees were relocated or offer relocation or were let go, unfortunately. It's, it's a sad time, but this is more of a realignment probably because of financial concerns and business concerns on the horizon is probably the more um, direct response for that. So mm, it should be interesting. Now, it wasn't only just an office, but it was also professional studios for people to work at as well. Um, so it had about 100 employees at the office and about 80 employees at the, at the Oakland office. So they're going to be either moving all over to the Oakland office or they're going to be finding a new job, either one. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, it was this the offices were announced in 2014 with a with a following of, you know, branching out and doing a little bit more. But unfortunately, that actually never happened. So maybe they'll actually have an open studio uh, in Oakland HQ. And it looks like they actually will. So at least there will be actually be a studio. Unfortunately, for East Coasters, you're going to have to find another place for for 
doing it because it's not going to be there. You could try to, you know, find a way of using it, but I'm pretty sure it won't work. It won't work at all. All right, so it looks like uh, Adobe has a vision for an AI helper to help you edit videos and other media. There's this video that I looked at and it didn't really look... The AI was good at minor things, so don't get too excited. Power users for an AI helper to help you out with other um, more advanced uh, ways of editing things because it, it it won't it won't help you. Um, but it should be interesting to see what other uses it could have for more um, advanced users. Like, hey, save this to my back it up on my external hard drive or. Uh, maybe you just wanted to do the actual uh, basic editing where you can actually do the harder editing instead. So it actually could save you a little bit of time. Um, like I said, but it does basic um, video and photo editing. It's not that spectacular right now, but it could be a little bit more spectacular later, eventually, maybe down the road. But um, we will see if that actually does happen or if it doesn't. We don't really know. Because um, it's kind of vague. Now, it's really only for the mobile apps right now. So I'm waiting for them to actually push it out into more of the desktop versions. But we will see if that actually will happen. Now, Twitter has announced that it's, well, it's closing down Twitter Dashboard. So if you were the one that loved Twitter Dashboard, I'm sorry. It's, it's no more. They decided from a very business standpoint that it was taking away too much resources and time and that they would better um, be used for actual Twitter instead of other uh, things like this. Now, they said that, that it hopes to bring the best features from Dashboard into broad Twitter community in the months ahead, but we don't really know, and it's not really quite sure what that actually means. We hope. Great, you hope. Why don't you actually do it instead of hoping? Oh, I hope for this to actually happen. Uh... I mean, it's not really the best start for Twitter, but let's be honest, um, it never really was. Now, it was interesting because Twitter launched this and Twitter Engage, which was kind of the same thing, but it was really a tool for celebrities and other influencers. I was really kind of scratching my head when they launched these two ones, ones for businesses, ones for celebrities. Instead of just doing one for the same, like they should have done, they decided to launch two different ones, which, like I said, it didn't really ever make sense. Now, it was only for the iOS uh, app. It was the only iOS app, so Android users never really got a chance to actually use it. Um, but it should be interesting to see when this actually will happen, or if it will actually not happen. So the clo the fu the full shutter will happen November, uh, February 3rd. So be on the lookout for that, and Vine shutting down in about six days and turning it over into a camera because it's going to be no more. So if you're still on Vine... Well, you probably should just delete it because there's no point to it anymore. There's none. Absolutely none. No point to it. There's no more platform for it. But yes, um, like I said, this man, they're just shuttering like crazy. I felt like I thought Facebook was like the worst at shuttering different things that they've done. But no, their initiative has been a little bit, mm, a little bit less. Um, but mm, we will see what happens with it. I do hope they bring some of the best features on there, and I really do hope that they actually start focusing on Twitter as a main. Just focus on the main product of Twitter. Don't be doing all these different initiatives because it feels like you're doing all these different initiatives and just splitting up your time, your money, your resources into different things and just isn't making the best product you could. So focus on Twitter itself, just Twitter itself. Just focus on that Twitter. You can focus on Periscope. All you want as well, because it's a really big main part of your overall strategy, but you really need to focus on Twitter in general. You're not really focusing on it, and it's hurting you. It's hurting you a lot. It is. I'm not, I'm not kidding about that. It's hurting you quite a bit. All right, so um, it finally happened. It looks like the demise of Yahoo as a brand, as a company, is finally coming to an end. Uh, so... What's really happening is that it looks like Verizon is still going forward with actually buying the company. It may actually requ request a billion dollar discount because of the terrible hacking that actually happened. Uh, so there's that as well. Yeah, 
it really wasn't the best thing. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate because all the people that are saying that women are, are the best leaders or can be the best leaders, well, you now have a not-so-good uh, example. Um, but nah, men and women are both great and terrible leaders, all in the same, and I will always uh, remain at that or stick to that. But that was actually pretty bad. So what's going to happen is they're, they're going to name change it. Moving forward, Yahoo's going to be uh, hanging on to 15% stake Alibaba and 35.5% stake in Yahoo Japan. Um, the rest of it is going to be spun off into Altaba Inc. I'm probably totally completely botched that name. Um, and it's going to be its own investment company under that name. Uh, so will Yahoo.com remain? It might remain, it might not. We're not really sure about it, but. Um, there are only going to be five board members remaining. The rest of them, including Marissa Mayer, is gone. They're gone from the company. They're not going to be there for the company anymore. Now, am I surprised that the CEO is going to be gone? No, because she kind of was managing the ship and driving the ship into not doing very well for the past couple of years, several years. So this isn't the biggest um, surprise or shock. Like I said before, Verizon can still back out of the deal. It hasn't really been finalized yet, but um, I'm expecting them to be like, hey, we want that billion dollar discount because of what has happened. Because it's not really, it hasn't really been, having the, you know, the whole billion dollar user um, hacking breach, not the best, not the best. And, you know, keeping it under wraps for quite a while, not the best either. All right, looks like, Amazon got slapped with a million dollar fine for misleading prices. That's right, list prices, as it were, um, really weren't the... Eh, apparently to Canada, they were a little bit misleading. So this really only has to deal with Amazon in Canada and nowhere else. So the United States eventually got rid of the list price as well, but Yahoo Canada, I mean Amazon Canada, didn't really do that. And the, and the uh, Canadian Enforcement Agency... Looked into it and been like, man, you've been misleading people for quite a while. We don't like this, so pay us. You're, you're being fined a million dollars. Now, it doesn't really seem that much, especially since how much Amazon makes. I, I'm guessing they're trying to make because it doesn't really seem that much. If, if they did more of a hundred million dollars, I could see this going, ow, that hurts. But a million dollars, nah, doesn't really seem that much to me uh, for a company as big as Amazon. Um, but yes, uh, Amazon has been removing the so-called list prices because they really haven't been, they have been a little misleading. People have not really understand that. I haven't really understand it very much. And I'm glad they kind of getting rid of this. I mean, if you're going to be doing wrongdoing and doing list prices because they're just kind of the prevailing lower price or what prices the items being offered and they aren't really the, they're more the suggested manufacturer price, um, it's kind of a marketing gimmick in general. And you probably you probably do need to be fine a little bit for that, just a little bit. Um, now, will they continue to do that? Eh, probably not. Um, like I said, we'll see. We'll see all about that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, moving on to, well, Silicon Valley being, well, Silicon Valley. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Silicon Valley. The only reason why I'm not the biggest fan of Silicon Valley is because they are so hyperbolic about Trump. It's hilarious. Now, I'm going to put a caveat. I did not vote for Trump at all. I didn't vote for any one of them. I did not think that they were great candidates. So you can take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. But Silicon Valley has basically had this group called Tech Solidarity where it was like, oh, no, Trump's going to make this Muslim registry. Now, that remains to be seen. Like I always said, it always remains to be seen. We don't really know what's really going on with that or not. And I never seen anything going on right now um so let's let's put it all in perspective the only thing we know right now is that he's making appointments trump is he's making appointments they're they're hearings for his appointments and he met with the tech leaders that's it we don't know if he's going to make registries we what we do know is that he cannot um he cannot deport people that are they're here legally Keep on hearing that, oh, he's going to deport all these people. I'm like, not if they're here illegally. If they're here illegally, he has no jurisdiction to do that. So let's get that, let's get that straight 
for once. Seriously, I hate this argument. It's been a bad argument for a while. I'm tired of hearing the argument. No, he cannot deport people that are here legally. Illegally, that's another question, but a lot of other countries have the same policies of deporting people that aren't here legally. It's not like this is the United States' only problem. The United States only is the one that's terribly, that does terrible p things to people of foreign origins. Mexico has this, does the same thing, and I think they're harsher about it. Um, so let's get that out of the way. Now, the comical thing about this, apparently, as this article from Rico uh, that I found, was that they actually named that it was about 150 mostly male, largely white, 20 to 30 something engineers. Solidarity! Woo! Oh, Silicon Valley, you always make me laugh. Because the problem is, is that, um, a lot of times this whole, like, oppression is usually brought up by a lot of white people. I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot of white people. A lot of white people are like, we're oppressing. I'm like, uh, stop it. I'm white too, but seriously, stop it. Stop self-deprecating yourself. Dear God, show some respect. Um, and so it was, I'm not gonna say his name, but it was, he's a Polish-born developer um, doing running a bookmarking site, Pinboard. I think I've used it a couple times. Don't really use it anymore. Probably won't ever use it. Um, and then a comedian, Heather Gold. Yes, I'm not gonna say the age doesn't really matter to me. She's apparently a freelance writer and comedian. Okay, fine, sure. Um, but the problem is that this whole meeting was very hyperbolic. It seems like from what I've what I've been reading is like it's a really dangerous time right now because right now we're in this trough, and it says it's very psychologically dangerous. Oh God. No, it's not psychologically dangerous. You're making your own mind games for God knows what reason. That's why I'm sick and tired of this hyperbolic, like these hyperbolic statements that have no bearing or no, like no reality to it. It's just, oh, we're in this like terrible time. No, you're not. You have no, you, you have no evidence for that. Unless there's evidence that comes forward besides the hacking that could actually be true. Now, since BuzzFeed actually reported it, I'm usually thinking it's not true because it's BuzzFeed, and I call BuzzFeed the fast food abuse. Not very good. Um, but uh, for this specifically, uh, like I said, it's 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 not anything. I mean, every time it's like we cannot succeed an inch of your power to these people. Well, they're the heads of states. What are you going to do? You're you're not going to follow the laws anymore you're you're not going to pay taxes what are you really going to do you're not going to see any inch of power what power what what are you talking about power like i don't understand like you're saying that you're not going to do something okay great are you willing to go to jail for it are you willing to be tried for it like the only thing i hear is this like puffed up talk like ah rah rah we're not going to do this i'm like eh. well let's see problem is that San Francisco Bay is very liberal and to a point of being stupid liberal. So there's liberal and there's stupid liberal. And usually if you're on the progressive side, it's more towards the stupid liberal. Not all of you, but mostly in San Francisco, it's 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 stupid liberal. It's stupid liberal to the point of like, I'm like, dude, seriously, get a grip and read reality again because you're scaring me and you need to stop. I'm never in favor of this because the interesting part about all this is that and the same arguments propagate all the time. He's he's a sexist person, but he'll hire people that are women. That's the in general contradictory statement. If you have a campaign uh, person like a, like the man, manager campaign is a woman and people keep on saying you're a sexist, I'm like, then he wouldn't hire the woman to run a successful campaign for him. There has to, yeah, he said some stupid things in, what, six years ago, seven years ago? Great. I don't know who else hasn't said stupid things about the opposite sex. Women say stupid things about men, and men say stupid things about women. Congratulations, we're all human. Welcome to the human race. We say dumb things about each other. Oh, oh, it's like revolutionary for some people. He said this. Okay, have you ever said anything that's that's been completely dumb about men. I'm pretty sure I can find something about that. Pretty sure I can talk to some of your friends and be like, yeah, he's, yeah, they said that. Like, like I said, see, 
And then we go on to this H1B uh, visa status. Now, a lot of tech companies have used this to actually, and a lot of, I've seen a lot of different like arguments with this, with like, no, it's really great. And no, it's, they're actually doing this because they want to, they want to have cheaper labor. Like I said, it's a business. And they're always trying to maximize their profits. And I'd be more inclined to think that they actually are doing this not because they can't find competent engineers. It's because they want to find cheaper labor. Yes, it's easier to do that and find people from third world countries that will actually, you know, they'll undercut prices from people in the United States because they don't really want to pay for people high salaries. It, In all honesty, that's, that's got to be... It's got to be a portion of it. You cannot say they aren't. They're doing this out of the kindness of their good hearts. No, it's not. It's a business. You don't do a lot of things out of the kindness of your good hearts. You do a lot of things out of a business sense. And will this make you the most money type of a thing? Now, it goes on to be like, oh, raise your hand if you work for a big, scary tech company. And the same guy that runs, that does the bookmark inside pin boards, same guy. And he goes, oh, look at them. They were all, they were all you know, bowing to the person. Look it, it's the United States government. You have to play ball with it. No matter who it is, you cannot be like, I'm not going to work with them. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, you have to work with them. It's an inevitable practice of doing business. Whatever country you're going to, you're going to be work in or working for, you have to play ball. It's not like you're going to be like, I'm not going to be working with them. Like I said, this, this guy that runs bookmark site pin board, you don't make much sense, and I don't understand. It's all I saw was weakness. Why? Because they showed up in nice clothing. Because it was the antithesis of Silicon Valley. They weren't in Silicon Valley. Stop it! And you don't know how they dress. I mean, there wasn't a picture of Mark Zuckerberg, so you don't know how all of them actually dress or not. Someone could actually dress pretty nice. You don't know that. Do you know them all personally? And you, do you walk around with them every single time? You probably don't. So stop saying plus. It may have actually been where Donald Trump maybe wanted to have them dressed nicely. I don't know. I wasn't at the room. You weren't at the room either. Stop it. Ah, you are... She drives me insane. I don't know why. But here's the, here's the problem. They want to... Now that they're escalating to, let's, let's go on strike. I'm like, God, dude, seriously. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think he's the best guy either. But stop. Stop it right now. Stop thinking that there's going to be a database of Muslims. We don't know that. We don't know if there's going to be a database of any. Well, there actually is. The NSA has a database. But guess who actually made the database? Guess who actually supported the database? The outgoing president. So if you're going to get mad at somebody, you might as well get mad at the other president. Why are you not getting mad at Obama for actually doing this? Like, I don't understand why we're just, you're just basically blanketing everything that he's done wrong. And be like, oh, no, it's cool. President Obama, he, he does nothing wrong. I mean, he does quite a bit wrong. He's human. Just like Trump. So seriously, stop. We already There already is a database. I'm sorry to say it, but the NSA already has a database on everybody. It's been going on for quite a while. So I don't understand why this whole... Ah, they, they know who's what and what not and are always listening. I don't understand why all this hubbub is now happening. Stop it. Stop it now. Stop doing this. It's completely and utterly stupid. I get that you guys are smart in tech, but it seems like you're not smart in logic and th this other part of it. So stop. Please. Wait. Let's see what he's going to do before we start doing anything. You do have no idea what he's going to do. And that's somewhat of the appeal of Trump, is that we have no idea what he's going to do. Because he doesn't really follow what he's going to do anyways. Like, he's a populist, so he cares what people think about him. So if people just start not liking what he's doing, he's probably going to change it anyways. Because we don't know what he's going to do. <sighs> I'm really sick and tired of just having to just say the same old argument over and over again. Stop it. Stop it now. I don't care about your hyper... Like I'm going to say, I don't care about your hyperbolic statements it's getting a little ridiculous where i'm like we're not in world war three it was just a presidential election seriously you're not fighting for your life you will be fine nothing will happen if something did happen guess what it's not going to go out very well because a lot of people will start to figure it out so let time happen let him do what he wants to do 
and then decide. But don't decide before you even know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. At least I'm willing to actually admit that. Because I don't. Anyways, moving on to a little bit happier stuff. It looks like AMD Ryzen processors will launch maybe at March 3rd or before March 3rd. We're not really quite sure, but at, at the GDC, the Gamers, Gamers Developer Conference, there was a listing saying about the... Um, a little bit more about the Ryzen processors. Now, it, it did kind of... Eh, it did kind of like let it out uh, back a little bit more. So, so one of the conference session is joint AMD game engineering team members for an introduction to the recently launched AMD Ryzen CPU. So, what people are speculating is that it's either going to come out March third or a little bit prior to it, because the GDC 2017 will be uh, February 27th to March third. So, it could launch the 27th. It could launch beginning of February. We don't really know, but it looks like it's going to be around March 3rd or a little bit before. So it should be interesting. I'm actually really excited for the Ryzen processors because I actually think these could actually be really good. They're all going to be overclocked, which is also another great thing. But also means you're going to have to have uh, other means of fan, but beyond fans to cool it would be recommended. But yes, that's really interesting. Woo! I'm actually excited for that. I don't get excited very much either. Anyways, moving on to... Intel and Intel looks like it's going to be giving its low-end uh, KB Lake uh, Pentium processors hyper-threading. Now, hyper-threading is kind of it's been around since the Pentium Four, which is around 2000, and it was kind of a standard for it. And what it did is that it allowed uh, the hyper-threading would check the processes and it would use it would take away processes if it wasn't being used to other things as well. So it's kind of a smart way of doing it. Now, it wasn't more of the higher-end Pentiums, but they're now putting in the lower-end Pentiums. Now, there's really no really official word on why they're doing it. They're just doing it. So it's like, oh, we're just doing it because here you go, freebies. Um, but the interesting thing is that there's not really much a performance boost um, for the price point of it. So the more higher-end i3 processors are about $117 for, and that has hyper-threading and HD 630 graphics. The dual core 3.7 gigahertz Pentium G4620 is $86 to $93 with hyper threading in the HD 60, 630 graphics. So there's roughly a higher increase in price, but only about a 5% performance boost. So if that was the case and you're choosing between the i3 and just the Pentium, I go for the Pentium because there's not very much of a performance boost beyond that. Of course, if you're going for more i5 than i7s, that's a little bit different of a, a little bit different of a, of a of a reasoning to actually either get the i7 or not. So for me, i7 would be a little bit more pertinent for me because I do a lot of different uh, media and um, graphical works, so that will help with the performance boost. But not everybody actually uses that, so you don't actually need that. But yes, it should be interesting to see what's actually going to happen with the other Intel chips because it's always interesting. So here's an interesting slash very disturbing thing. So first of all, um, fingerprint readers are very secure. Second of all, well, you probably should be flashing peace signs, waving and can't and uh, and photos, thumbs up, anything with your fingerprints. So if you kind of like just throw, show your thumbnail with the thumbs up, it'll be a little awkward. That's fine. But if you show your fingerprints, well, hackers could figure out how to use it and, you know, unlock things with biometrics and all this other fun stuff. So it's, yeah, don't, don't put your fingers in anywhere unless there's going to be new technology to, um, and basically, uh, just block out your fingerprints. Um, they could be used against you, and basically a picture with your fingerprints with 10 meters um, can show your fingerprints, and then they can lift it, and then they can use it, and then they could probably unlock your phone if you have a fingerprint scanner on, because the fingerprint scanner is not as secure, unfortunately. And I've always been weary about it. I mean, kind of use it because I've kind of wanted to figure out the full features of the Pixel phone, but I actually might eventually start turning it off because, like I said, it's not very secure. I just wanted to try it out. Um, now, like I said before, the Michigan State University in March also released a video describing how they opened two locked smartphones using a special ink 
and paper with a fingerprint scanner. Like I said, fingerprint scan sensors or scanner sensors. So they unlocked the fingerprint sensor. Sorry, I said scanner. The fingerprint sensors are not that good yet. They still need to have a lot of things to go through it. But if you are a person that is more prone to do thumbs up and everything like that, make sure your, your fingerprints aren't in the photo whatsoever, or just put your hands behind your back, but never wave, never do peace signs, never do anything like that, because now they can figure out a way to lift those um, fingerprints off your photos. And then, well, yeah, you'll be in trouble a little bit. It's... it's be far worse than ransomware. Ransomware has been uh, one of the most used ways of um, hackers and scammers of last year. Anyways, moving on to uh, Verizon and their stupidity, which I mean is, mm, well, count the ways. Um, so Verizon apparently is going to be telling users with unlimited data plans to average 200 gigabytes a month to switch or leave. That's right. They are done with you. They do not like you. They think you're using too much data and you are a small minority and they don't care about you, which is interesting because the problem is with Verizon is that they've been losing customers to T-Mobile hand over fist. Holy crap. T-Mobile has been gaining and gaining and gaining, and this is not the best way of doing it. I don't know who their PR person is, but they probably should be fired or something like that because that this is not the best way of doing it. I get it, Verizon. You want them to buy your tiered data plans because it's more money for you. But to say that it is causing congestion on your network is probably more crap than it actually is true. I don't actually believe what you're actually saying because it's hard to believe what you're saying because there's been a memo from Com uh, Comcast months ago where it says their tiered internet data plan was not because of their over capacity on their on their network. It's supposed to get more money out of people. So this is just a ploy to get more money out of people. Seriously, if you I don't understand why this is happening, because the problem is, is that before it was like, oh, just use your Wi-Fi because it's all fine. But now we have data plan or tiered data plans for Internet as well. And so you're kind of not in the clear anymore about what data you can use. And now you have to check to make sure you have enough data for your internet service and your data plan for your mobile service, which is a little infuriating because now it's, you're going to have to pay extra for the unlimited on your data plan for your internet. And well, you're kind of out of luck unless you go to T-Mobile or Sprint for that. So it's funny that Verizon is still the ones going up. Well, we don't need you. I'm like, really? You're really going to risk that? You're really going to risk a whole bunch of customers? And even if it's 1%, how much of that 1% is, um, how, how many customers is that? Because it's, if it's a pretty still sizable chunk, that's still, you're still losing people. And Verizon, you need to do a better job of actually caring about your customer because what this message shows me is that you actually don't care at all. I don't understand why you don't care about losing customers because you should because T-Mobile is taking a lot of them away from you. Seriously. Do you not get it? I don't understand why I don't get it. I get it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I get it. You don't want people using a lot of data. And the unlimited plans was great years ago. But now you're like, eh, we're not getting that, uh, you know, that piece of the pie. Also, the other problem is, is that uh, you could be breaking contracts. I'm pretty sure that's not a good thing. Now, I haven't really looked at the contract, so I'm not, and I'm also not a legal person, so, or a lawyer. So do not take that advice whatsoever. But I would be, if you're one of those people that actually is on the unlimited data plan, I'd be looking at that contract and seeing if there's, if there's any ways that they are actually be doing something that's illegal. Now, say look at it, consult a lawyer as always. I am not, I am not advised to actually give you official legal counsel, so do not say it was my fault because I already that was my disclaimer. No more. But like I said, yeah, it, if it is a get, breach of contract, I would actually go after them for that. Why not? They're the ones saying, hey, we don't want you. So say, all right, breach contract. Make sure that you make them a little scared at the same time. If you can, if, if, if you can't, then I, I, I wouldn't don't, don't don't try to actually back up statements like that with or have false statements of ah bridge contract and like I, I have no case. Anyways, moving on to 
uh, app slash programs you should try this week. So there's apparently a WordPress for bots called BotPress. I know the, the name's so creative, um, but it's basically an open source ecosystem of, of all things bots. That's right. It has uh, it has modular design, open source gra graphical interface, and for devs by devs. So if you're a developer, especially in bots, you should check this out. It's called BotPress. It looks interesting. Um, so as always, I would check everything and make sure that it is something that you want to get. But the great thing is, open source is always a good thing because a lot a lot better features come a lot faster. It's also just a, a better community as well. So check it out as always. And all right, are you on Facebook a lot? And do you uh, wish your Facebook was more of a to-do list? Well, to-do book is there for you. It's a Chrome extension that turns your Facebook uh, newsfeed into a to-do list. So it will get you back to work and less on, you know, tooling around on Facebook. Now, if you're if you're on YouTube, there's no help for you because that's just that's just a time suck. Anyways, another thing is Chumley app. That's right. It's for Android and iOS. It allows you to get connected with people and um, get help. So if you need help with, um, you know, being a chandelier, if you're really that uh, trusting or um to find a bistro or a great coffee shop, this is a place to do it. It's kind of like a lot of these other um, question and answer sites like Jelly and Cora. It's, it's basically like that as well. But if you're looking for something new that's not like that, then this is it. It's called Chumbling. Check it out. Check it, check it, check it out. All right, there's another one called, and it's called Can Be Smart Contextual Insights. That's well, that's right. It will give you kind of like, um, what's um, mind, body, social, and days. So basically it's a way for you to have the next generation of a social network that's more caring about your, well, feelings, because it's feelings, nothing more than feelings. Um, and you can add context to it. You can add context to pictures. You can discover different things. It's just a whole new way of doing social media. Now it's only for iOS, so Android users, you can't get contextualized social platform. I'm sorry, but if you want to check it out, check it out. All right, HiRise has finally come with an Android app. That's right. It's basically a CMR software tool to do to track tasks and set reminders, share contact with your team and manage communication all in one little spot. And so it is now available for Android and it's always been available for iOS. So if you need some place to just, you know, get your business on track and to make sure that everything's going on track, this is the best way of doing it. It's called high rise. And also there is a new, uh, I would call it audio blogging um, app called Currently, where you can share stories and share your life. And it's basically a way of, you know, sharing it through audio. It's available for Android and iOS. Now, I did do it for a little bit. Now, the difference between Anchor and this one is that it's only one minute recording instead of two minutes. And you can, well, I mean, the sharing is the same way. Um, they call it Waves. Both of them call it Waves, which is another interesting thing. There's a stream, which they both call it as well. Um, the other thing is that Anchor doesn't have like a ad program. This one did. So I was looking through a couple of them and then it just launched me into a video ad, which I was like, this is a little unnerving because you're an audio only thing and now you're doing video. Why would you do a video ad? Why don't you do more audio ads? Because you're an audio app. So that kind of got me a little, I just didn't like it that much. I'm, like that part about it. I think it's a nice app to be uh, to be honest with you. It's a very nice looking app. The only problem is if you're gonna do an audio only app, um, do audio only ads. Have your own ad program and do it that way. Do not do video. Video is just a weird way of doing it. I that was one thing I just did not like about it. So with that being said, check it out if you want to. I will probably be using a little bit. I favor Anchor a little bit because I actually have an audience there. Um, but like I said, it's uh, it is what it is. I it's it it it's just a new way of doing it. Audio is um, kind of the darling, a little bit of a darling right now because of podcasting, and now um, Facebook's going to do live audio only. Uh, it's being tested out right now. So, like I said before, you can check it out. It's either one, so just check it out on Android or iOS.
It's that simple. And anyways, that is the end of Digital Coffee. Thank you for tuning in. And always be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Acast, Auto Radio as well. And also um, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, YouTube Gaming, Twitch, Hitbox, Beam, Anchor Radio as well. I'm on all those. Player.me, I'm on all those. Also, if you like these podcasts, please consider consider supporting me on Podbean or Patreon. I really appreciate it. And um, I got some great coffee mugs and t-shirts on my Digital Coffee Podcast store. So check that out. Also, join me on Friday when I go through Gaming and Gamers Cafe. That should be interesting with all the new stuff coming in the new year, like Resident Evil 7 coming out this month. Anyways, guys, have a good Thursday and see you Friday. Later.